Welcome everyone. We're about to begin with Shem Power of Words series, share number 20. When something is unchangeable, then criticism just causes distress and has no beneficial effects whatsoever. So before even thinking about criticizing somebody about anything and to determine whether it's constructive or not or necessary or not, you ask yourself, can the person change this if he really sincerely wants to make that change? And if the answer is no, and they're not capable of it, or it wasn't their fault, then you don't criticize that person about something that's not his fault or it's not within his capability. So, for example, if you're criticizing a person for a lack of intelligence in a particular area, it could very well be that this person does not have that skill. And there's no point in criticizing. Or criticizing someone because their parents did something wrong, as if he could control his parents or she could control his parents. They can't. So you're criticizing them for something that they don't have control over. Or criticizing someone for a skill they're lacking when he clearly does not have that skill. It really bothered me, I have to say, in Yeshiva Katana, overhearing some Rabbeim talk or the way some people talked, and in Yiddish, basically, basically paskening on people, on different Talmidim, that they have a the cup, a stuffed head. Or Eisner cup, they wanted to say, if he had a sharp head. So if it's within the Bechira point, if you really felt the, what the potential of that person was, and they could become that way, then you have a right in a healthy way to encourage that. Even if there's some criticism within it, but if it's out of love, you want to bring it out. But if it's not, and you're asking something that's beyond them, then it's really cruel in a way to criticize on them something that they cannot control. Talking about cruelty as well, you need to view causing other words, causing other people pain with words. You have to view that as cruel behavior. That is how you have to view that. Most people usually reserve that label for murderers, people who commit serious, serious crimes. But causing people pain with words, especially if you do it readily and with a sharpness, with a sarcasm, or or even publicly, that's a serious, serious crime. Exposing somebody to ridicule is an act of violence. Exposing someone to embarrassment is an act of violence. For many people, verbal punches can be just as vicious as physical punches. Sadly, you see people verbally abusing others, physically also, but verbally abusing others in the teenage world, and they film it on their phones, and then they kill themselves, the ones that were the victims. Terrible. You don't know what words could cause, what pain it could cause. You have to look at causing someone pain with words as a cruel thing. It's cruelty within us that we need to uproot. Another thing is, very often, if, you, if someone cries over something that you feel doesn't warrant them to cry over, don't insult them. 
It could be that it involves certain loss of disappointment or hurt feelings. So another, it's, this is important, especially for parents of younger children, whatever their ages are, up, you know, eight years old, nine years old, ten years old, and they're crying because they're disappointed about something. It seems it's trivial to you, but it may not be trivial to them. And not to tell them they're acting like a baby, or you know, you're adult already, grow up. Rosal Salanta used to say that if you take away a little toy ship from a little child. It's as much agmas nefesh as if you destroyed a million-dollar yacht, which is a huge travel ship from a millionaire. Even though one cost a couple of cents and the other one cost a million dollars, but to the baby or to the child, that is his own whole world, and it's equal in its tsar. When someone cries, never take it lightly. Sometimes the crying is manipulative in some situations, you have to really be mavar that that's the case. And, you know, do really study that carefully before you make such a determination, although that sometimes could occur. But generally speaking, if someone is crying, you find ways to comfort them, console them, give them the empathy and understanding that they need. Sometimes with children, yes, they will use a crying to manipulate you. Then you need to ignore those tears. You know your child. You know when they're taking advantage of you. You know when they turn on the faucet so that they could get what they want. And then you indeed could ignore those tears because that's the healthy chinuch. But if the person is a highly sensitive person, even the child is a highly sensitive child, and they have a, a soft heart, and they get emotionally hurt easier, easier then that child needs empathy and you're doing an act of chesed, of being compassionate towards that child. So it really requires a proper shikal hadas to estimate and evaluate the, the nature of the person that you want to talk to or tell something to. People often cry when they're embarrassed and they have the red eyes. Keep it to yourself. Don't approach him. Don't make fun of him. Oh, you've been crying again or whatever it is. Treat it with tremendous amount of sensitivity. Another thing that's an obvious case of Aynas Tavaram is to curse Chas v'shalom, to curse other people. It's, of course, a serious Avera if you use the Shem Hashem, but even if you don't use Hashem's name, it is still Usr. It's Usr to say, drop dead. It's Usr to say, your business should collapse. You're causing pain with your words is also a violation of cursing others, especially when you're doing it this way. You're telling them to drop dead or your business should collapse. That's a klala. People throw curses at each other all the time out of proportion to what the person did wrong. Minor convenience, you basically say, oh, he's going to go to Gehenim. You know, whatever it is, for the minor infraction. It's, it's interesting that among tzaddikim, I heard this from Rabbi Levine's book, his wife, when the kids were misbehaving, and she finally got frustrated. She said in her frustration in Yiddish, you should be healthy and well. It's basically a blessing. In the angry outburst, you say a blessing. So if you're ready, subject to whatever angry outburst you, you, you're about to say, make sure it's filled with brachais when you're saying say a blessing in those moments of anger that is very very important 
say something positive in those moments of anger. Learn to say you should be gebenched. You should be gesund and stark. You should be healthy and well. Instead of actually saying something really harsh or harmful that would come out of your mouth. Be very, very careful with that. So, again, not to be cruel, not to make fun of people that are crying, support them, not to curse. And of course, don't criticize somebody for who they are, for something that can, they cannot change. This is such an important yesayid in life overall, such an important yesayid in Shalom Bayis, where inherently you won't be able to change your husband or your wife. There are certain things that you can accept, that this is the way they are, they have this strength, they have this weakness, and we work together with it in a relaxed, calm way. And that brings ahava and achva to one another. That's the unconditional love that is unconditional by saying whatever you know you can't change, I accept fully who you are. And whatever you can change, let's work together to work together to make those changes. And when you move away the ego and you just want to help yourselves and the other person, husband or wife, to fulfill that potential, that's one of the greatest brachas that we could experience and that we could receive from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Bracha and